I'm Bill. And I'm T-Dog. And this is Two Films, Two, films, two, two Curious, films. where the two of us watch two movies. And we're curious about them. But that's not what happened this time, because this is our year three roundup, and all we're going to do is talk about Pokemon Legends Arceus, because that's all <laughs> I've done in my life for the last, like, three days. I'm and that's kidding. what I did for the last two weeks, so... Really For those of you who are curious, <laughs> Tyler has all of the Pokemon. He's caught them all. I have seven or so. I've got more than seven. I have not caught them all. You also have but a shiny Geodude, though. I do, which I did not catch. You caught. Because, again, you've <laughs> caught them all, and I have not. Anyways, we won't be talking about Pokemon Legends Arceus for very much longer, if at all. Because this is a podcast about movies, I guess. Well, we could watch the movie. Honestly, we really could. <laughs> I'm not they, sure. It would have been a perfect pair, time. Let's pair with this a Pokemon movie uh, with something else. It would have been. Well, it would have been perfect for this year's um, theme. We could have done animated and not animated. We could have done another uh, not animated video game movie. We could have watched. What the hell is that movie that I watched most of and you watched all of? Assassin's Creed. There we go. Assassin's Creed. We could have done oh, Assassin's no. Creed. <laughs> oh well. Listen. The next time we have animated, not animated, as our theme. In 17 years or so, we'll do it then. Yeah. Anyways, year-end roundup. Let's talk a little bit about the theme that we had. Animated and not animated movies. I realize we didn't even actually talk about that as a concept, really, for our January episode. But have, do you feel like you've learned anything new about animated or live-action movies this year from doing this podcast? Um, that, that, that in, in a way, they're the same. And yeah. that they, they're movies. They tell similar stories. They, you know, obviously in cultural zeitgeist get a rap as being kids movies. Sure. Which they, sure, they often are, but it's not exclusively. I mean, I would not show any child Akira. No. Well, I might, <laughs> but that's probably a bad call. I shouldn't. And even the ones that are kids movies aren't kids movies because they were made and, you know, they're soft and unemotional a lot of these kids' movies are are equally important and impacting for adults, if, like the Lego movie or Watership Down. Yeah, if not more so for some adults, like exactly the big, the Disney fans. Yeah, I think that one of the one of one of the things uh, we rarely speak encouragingly about these people on our podcast, but I know that uh, Nick, who never listens to our podcast, rails against the fact that sometimes people call animation a genre and not a medium. And I feel like if anything, the fact that we, there was very little comparison to be done based on the fact that one was animated and one was live action for when we did this on our, our episodes this year, just it was just right. further. Yeah. It's further proof that animation is, is merely a stylistic choice in much the same way. Robert Eggers shot the lighthouse and 35 millimeter film in black and white that was the important stylistic choice for that movie. He could have done it in an IMAX camera in full color. He could have done it animated, but what he needed could to have do done it was very narrow black frames a second or whatever, like that weird Hobbit. Stuff oh, 48. Was. Yeah. 48, that was yeah. insane. <clears throat> full disclosure, not my favorite way to watch the Hobbit. Very jarring as jarring as what it was, but it was a stylistic choice. And I think it was important mm -hmm. for that. Anyways, I think that that's uh, that's all I had to say about this year's theme i liked this year's theme i liked the opportunity to do more animated movies uh, we'll talk a little bit more about next year's theme at the end but let's talk about the movies we watched this year we're going to do this in reverse order we've got our bottom four first why don't you tell me what your bottom four were 
So my my bottom, my dead last, 18th place. Please forgive me, Brenda Mikeso. It's White Christmas. <laughs> I got to say, I'm really impressed that White Christmas is lower on the list than Texas Chainsaw. It is actually. We'll get to te- Texas Chainsaw. Will be in this grouping as well. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> but I don't. Without the the background for it and the sure. the the love of growing up with it, mm-hmm. I, I just I didn't. I hate it. I didn't dislike it. I just, it was, That's I good. was just, eh. Yeah. It I didn't, mean, it didn't impact you one way or the other. No, it wasn't like Dungeons and Dragons. Sure. Which was, <laughs> I think we can all admit very bad. <laughs> but in I know a, but that we're not see... supposed to have quality statements here on this podcast. That's something that we railed But in another way, on, I do enjoy that movie. Oh, sure. Because it, it was, makes me it's laugh. It's fun that it's bad. Exactly. <laughs> it's a special kind of movie to watch with somebody else. Well, then we have the pairing, because next up is The Holiday. Okay. So I guess that was my <laughs> least favorite episode, <laughs> numerically speaking. Merry Christmas to Tyler. <laughs> uh, then I have Ben-Hur, just because while, while I, again, I enjoyed it, it was yeah. just a lot. I don't know that it's I would watch it again. <laughs> it is a lot. It's one that it's nice to have on in the background on Easter Sunday. It's not one that you have to watch actively the whole day. Like Jesus Christ Superstar. Exactly. That's a little bit more of an active watch. And then my number 15, my final description, is in fact Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, it's funny you should say that because Texas Chainsaw Massacre is my number 15 what as a... well. Oh. Yeah. What are your bottom three then? Let's see. <clears throat> Dead Last, Treasure Planet. I liked it fine. I think I know that uh, we both have... Uh, experience with the very special kind of animation nerd from our college days that talk about how treasure planet is this the best movie ever made underrated (laughs) gem of animated movies and it's good i liked it i thought it was fun i liked the treasure island story a lot and this one was a good version of it but it was not my favorite right above that is lion king again another animated movie that i love and i get it i get that it's people's favorite animated movie it's not my favorite animated movie but i love it 16 is Moana, and then Texas Chainsaw. Ultimately, more so than a lot of other years, or more so than the other two years that we've done this podcast, I love every single one of these movies. The ones that I didn't pick, I also loved. (laughs) This is a hard year. There were a lot of times when I was doing the ranking for them that like, I would pick an answer, and then my the like the progress that i made in the ranking system would go backwards because they're like okay now we have to re-ask some of these questions yeah. how can this and how can this be higher than this but this is right. lower than this that doesn't make right. <laughs> you like white chris or you like texas chainsaw massacre more than the lego movie and ben-hur but less than everything else how does this even work like, i don't know man i just i loved all these movies this year <laughs> all right what are your next four so i've got at 14 Strange Brew. Okay. I do enjoy that movie. It just Sure. I like the other movies more. 13 yeah. is The Page Master. Then we have Kumiko the Treasure Hunter. And then in 11th place, Les Mis. Oh. Okay. I had Kumiko the Treasure Hunter as my number 14. It was the bottom in this grouping for me. I really liked it a lot, though. I thought uh, it was... I don't know. I was really shook by the end of it. I, w- I was not expecting the end 
I was not expecting that to happen at the end, and I wasn't expecting it to feel so surprisingly uplifting, even though that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> no spoilers if you have intentionally avoided that episode to watch the movie first, which I, I'm sure nobody did. But it's a really interesting end. Yeah. It's, yeah, like you said, it's jarring. Yeah. Because it's uplifting, it's an emotional whiplash. (laughs) Right, yeah, it's so uplifting, and it's such a not, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Next on the list is Lego Movie. I liked it a lot. I liked it. I liked it the first time I saw it. I enjoy it again. I think I finally own it now, so I guess that's probably indicative of it being a little low on the list that I didn't own it before. True. Next is Princess Mononoke, which I've been thinking about a lot recently because, oh, in our Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons group, there's a creature that we fought recently that was covered in goop. Mm. And Just it was like, like a, the, the like a boar thing. I was like, oh, yeah. He was like, it's very Mononoke. I'm like, oh, I get that. I understand that reference. <laughs> and then number 11 for me is White Christmas. It is such a nostalgic movie for me. There was, We had, a, I don't know, maybe two dozen VHSs when we were kids. And that's absolutely one of them. And I know that it's one of the first Blu-rays we got when we got a Blu-ray player. And it was the first Blu-ray that made me realize, wow, you can see some real neat updates in some of the color here. I really liked that movie a lot as a kid. Well, that's the bottom almost half of our list. Mm -hmm. Nothing really surprising, I think. Uh, I kind of forgot that Page Master was on this list, which is (laughs) shocking when you find out what my number one movie was. Uh, But... I think that I was. I guess I was we, really surprised. We've got that a little Texas reversal there, then. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> you have two movies on yours. Ones you just said that are my number two and number three. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, you didn't said my number two or number three yet, but my guess is they're probably a lot higher. My number four was Strange Room. Number five was Les Mis. So they're yeah, they're a higher up than yours. Going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was more surprised that Texas Chainsaw wasn't your bottom one because I know how much, just from that episode, you did not like that movie. Well, I guess maybe that speaks to how quickly I rated them. I had to, <laughs> I had to go on gut feelings. And it could bam, be, bam, bam, bam. I know that there are movies that when you watch it in the moment, you're like, I really don't like this. And then it sits with you and you're like, okay. I hated I, Napoleon Dynamite the first time I watched it. And then the second time I watched it, I'm like, what kind of idiot was I? <laughs> the first time I watched this movie, I saw, I saw a TikTok about that the other day. Where it's like the first time watching it, and the guy's got like a disgusted look on his face when Napoleon's yeah. dancing. And like the second time, he's like kind of moving on the couch, and the third time, he's full on doing the dance with Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> it's that one of those... really describes how I feel about the movie too. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's I was there's a really interesting article. It's actually a mathematical, a, like a a recurring mathematical problem. There are about four or five movies that when Netflix still had the ranking system, I mean, mm-hmm. you can do thumbs up, thumbs down still, but when they had the five-star ranking system, they were, they had like this competition where you could win like a, like a shit ton of money if you could make their algorithm better by like a fraction of a percent because they were already so good, but they, were, they wanted that, they wanted anything yeah. to improve it. And there are about four or five movies that for some reason, you cannot predict if a person is going to like them. (laughs) Like generally speaking with enough evidence, pretty much every other movie you can predict if they're going to like it. Even if it's an outlier or an odd movie, you're going to get a, you're going to get a good guess. But 51% correct. Right. (laughs) The only ones I can remember as being these outliers are 
I Heart Huckabees, which I've never seen, and then Napoleon Dynamite. And it's called the Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite Problem because 50% of the people, like half the world loves that movie and half the world hates it. There's no But of the half that love it, half of those <laughs> should not like that movie. Based on every other movie they watch, they should hate Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> and so it, it, it cannot be ranked properly when it comes to these sorts of things. I don't know. We got off on that tangent, but well, it's one of my I mean, favorite interesting that, things. <laughs> the Netflix algorithm, I feel like, probably is confused about me. Because yeah. when, if I turn on the Netflix app, I already know exactly what I'm trying to find and watch. I yeah. don't I don't get on there and then I'm like, oh, I wonder what Netflix thinks I would like. Yeah. I'm like, time to watch Bake Off. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Not looking for My YouTube <laughs> algorithm is that way. My YouTube algorithm is that way because I'll watch... We'll just watch whatever we're watching on on my YouTube, and so it's you know, welcome to the basement, another film, another movie review show, mm-hmm. or uh, you know a Matt Quoville Dungeons and Dragons video, or a music video with Bimini Bamboulash in it, uh, or what you packing, or some other RuPaul's <laughs> Drag Race after show, and they're all great. But I think that the algorithm sometimes is confused about what to show me. <laughs> they nail it, though, most of the time. So big ups, big ups, YouTube algorithm. All right. Before we talk about the top 10 movies on our list, uh, we should obviously thank those who uh, have so graciously decided to fund us on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, co-tagonist Nick, our longest Patreon patron. Two Films, Three Curious alum, Chris. And, of course, Two Films, Three Curious, multiple alum, Brenda, who is also the sponsor of What Do You Do, MCU? Which has been on hiatus, but we're bringing it back. Right now. Right now. (laughs) The next movie on our list that we were going to talk about in September, and then we were going to talk about in October, and then we were going to talk about in November, and then we were going to talk about in December, and then we decided we weren't going to talk about it in January because it was never going to happen, and then we were going to talk about it last week, is Spider-Man Homecoming. Let me tell you about the plot of Spider-Man Homecoming. Here's what it is. Spider-Man shows up ready. He's doing like like a, like he's shooting his own footage for going to do the fight in Captain America Civil War. You mm-hmm. remember Captain America Civil War. We watched it almost like a whole fucking year ago. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Spider-Man's getting ready to do all this. Happy's like, hey, you need to get ready. You got to go out there. He goes out there. He does his thing. He comes back. Happy's like, you got to erase that tape. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then uh, he gets home, and now he's in school. And so he has to be school, but also he has to be Spider-Man. And so he's talking. He's, he's, he's navigating that thing. Uh, but then his friend finds out. He's like, oh, shit, you're Spider-Man. Anyways, while that's happening, uh, Batman, the Batman from the 1980s. The Batman and the Birdman. The Batman and the Birdman. The Batbird. Michael Keaton himself, Mr. Mom, is uh, working. He he runs a crew that's supposed to be cleaning up all this shit from uh, Avengers and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And then uh, government comes in and is like, no, 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 we're shutting this down. He's like, well, that's fucking bullshit. So he starts stealing it and making his own shit. Yep. Becomes the vulture because he scavenges stuff and he's got and wings. He's got pretty cool wings. Pretty pretty awesome wings. He's got and that a, coat with all the furls, so it looks like jacket. he's got a yeah, yeah. Oh, love it. Anyways, he's like, Yeah, we gotta sell these weapons on the street. Spider Man finds one and he's like, Hey, we can't sell these weapons on the street and he tries to let people know, hey, this is a thing and the Avengers are like, Nah, it's not really our thing. And he's yeah. like, Okay, well I'm gonna figure it out then. 
And so he starts to do it, and then he does it wrong. Almost blows up a fairy. And Iron Man's like, I'm taking your suit back. You're done. You're benched. You're benched, son. And so he's like, okay, I'm just going to be... I'm just going to be Peter Parker. Anyways, he asks his act deck friend uh, to go with him to prom. Gets to act deck friend's house, and wouldn't you fucking know it, the vulture is her dad. Oh, my God. I know. I know. I was shocked. Honestly, Dude, truly. That's... I mean, it's a joke. I was actually really shocked. I like, really I was re- shooketh. I remember that in the theater. Like, my jaw dropping. <laughs> I had no idea, and I, I didn't watch it until well afterwards. I watched it, like, that Christmas day or Christmas Eve that after it had come out. And I, I don't know how I didn't have that spoiled for me, but I saw that and I was like, oh my God. Like I ended up spoiling it for Nick because I was so shooketh. And it's me. I'm going to spoil things. It's kind of a flaw. Anyways, uh, Vulture's like, you need to stop this. You need to dump my daughter and you need to be done. And he was like, fuck, fine. And he goes up to her and he's like, I need to stop. We can't be together. And she was like, well, that's fucking bullshit. Anyways, he picks up his 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 ratchet Spider-Man outfit, like the one that he homemade himself. And he's like, I'm going to get you, Vulture. And Vulture's like, oh, sorry, I knocked a whole building down on you. And he runs away. Anyways, this whole time, Happy has been cleaning up the Avengers sit so they can get it to the compound instead of being in New York City, which was a really bad place for it. Like, yeah. there's a lot of collateral damage that's going to happen there. Tony Stark, get your shit together. Anyways... Uh, Spider-Man's like, I can't do this. And then he's like, I gotta do this. And he gets out of the hubble or the rubble, hovel, rubble. And he goes and he stops Vulture. He crashes the plane, ties him up, get him, they arrest him. Happy's like, hey, Iron Man wants to see you. Iron Man's like, listen, kid, you did it. You fucking did it. I'm gonna make you an adventure. And Spider-Man's like, maybe I'm not ready. Maybe you were right. Maybe I need to, maybe I need to make sure that I'm ready before I decide to do this. And Iron Man's like, good for you. And Spider-Man's like, that was a test, right? And Iron Man's like, of course it was. And you passed. <laughs> and then they're like, that wasn't a test. And he's like, no, but he made a smart decision, so I'm here for it. <laughs> and then he gets home. Spider-Suit's there. Also, Michael Keaton is in jail. And the guy's like, I know you know Spider-Man. And he's like, if you think I knew Spider-Man, don't, do you think he would still be alive right now if I knew Spider-Man? And so... so he's not... Oh, he's not... He's just, not like just bad, a bad guy. guy. Right. Just but he's I'm a bad sure guy he's gonna, doesn't mean he's, he's a bad gonna, guy. He's like a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Satine. <laughs> Obviously, he's going to set up the Sinister Six. Like, we know that now. I think that's going to come in the next couple of years. Anyways, that's Spider-Man Homecoming. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. I know this is one of your favorite boys, so I didn't want to uh, move past it without giving you the opportunity if I missed something egregious about the Spider-Man. No hyphen, Uh, no space. Nothing. All one word. (laughs) Spider-Man. Nothing specific. But the the scene with him in the rubble is very reminiscent of a classic Spider-Man scene. Oh. And he's got a lift. Yeah, it's like what I, Stanley has talked about it many many times in like interviews. This it's just a a moment of like sheer willpower. Yeah. In order to, you know, really use that proportional strength of a spider. Yeah. Fully. Um. It's frequently mentioned in the comics that Spider-Man is always greatly holding his punches because yeah. he would kill people and he doesn't want to kill anyone. Like in the superior Spider-Man run when it starts and Dr. Octopus controls Spider-Man's body, it's a whole thing, but he's fighting Scorpion and just punches him and then Scorpion's whole jaw comes off and he's like, oh my God, <laughs> Peter could this have killed any of us win. at any time. <laughs> he's been and he hasn't. <laughs> By the way, it's a really good run. 
It starts off and you're upset about what's happening, but by the time it ends, you're it's so good, so good. If you're gonna read, I really that's to what read made it. me read comics again. Oh, I wanted to read that, and then I bought the physical ones, and then I bought Spider Verse, blah blah blah. But go. Homecoming, I think it it gets a lot of shit, especially before we've now had Spider Man No Way Home. That yeah. it's like, oh well, he's not Spider Man in MCU; he's Tony Stark Jr. Oh, Iron I don't... Boy. I don't because think, I he think gives him all his tech, I know, yeah. I, and and I agree. I think that that was important world building, sure. And I think it sets up. Then of course we have an Endgame, what Tony Stark's you know sacrifice right. at the end, that that helps it make it like he's Uncle Ben almost. Yeah. I guess Uncle Ben is in was in the MCU at like some point because he sure. I think he's mentioned once in No Way Home. Yeah, that, but I guess his and his ultimately. His death must have had that impact because yeah. he became Spider-Man. He's a good kid. But, you know, just to... We don't need to see Uncle Ben die again on the big screen, no. I don't think. <laughs> Which is why they did what they did in No Way Home. It's no why they did with Endgame and then, yeah, especially No Way Home. Yeah. I need to buy that movie when it comes out. Anyways, do you have fun facts for Spider-Man? Uh, No. <laughs> I'm glad you say that because I actually do. I have okay, a fun good. fact. I forgot so, to get fun facts for it. <laughs> I figure you probably have a couple just sitting in your back pocket, but I have one. And my fun fact for Spider-Man is this. In Spider-Man Homecoming, at the beginning, when they're playing the song that I love, but I can't remember which one mm-hmm. it is now because that whole soundtrack is a song that I love. There's a guy there. He's got a boom box. He's got like a just a shitty little coat. He looks like a New York guy just walking around. He's there with the hot dog guy. And he's like, hey, it's a Spider-Man. Do a flip. Mm-hmm. And he does a flip. That guy is kind of playing the same character, but ultimately he was on the crew for Spider-Man, and they found out that he was in Star Trek for The Voyage Home back in the 70s. Uh, and in Star Trek for Voyage Home, his role is he's on the bus, and Spock and Kirk are on the bus. And he's just this shitty punk rocker, and he's got this <laughs> boombox, and he's playing it super loud, and Spock and Kirk are trying to have a conversation. And Kirk keeps saying, he's like, hey, can you turn that down? Can you, do you mind turning down the damn noise? And he turns up this, the boombox more. And so Spock leans forward and gives him the Vulcan nerve pinch, and he passes out, hits the boombox, and turns it off. And everybody applauds him. But it's the same. It's ultimately it's like the same role in Spider-Man: Homecoming. He has the same boombox, and so there you go. Well, that's that's my fun one. fact for Spider-Man: Homecoming. <laughs> it's like he has almost no acting credits, but he has those two. <laughs> well, I've got some fun facts now. Yeah, spill them. Jennifer Connelly voices the computer that is in Spider-Man suit named Karen. Oh, her husband. That fits with the whole. Uh, uh, John Hughes thing of it. Yeah. And her husband. Is it Paul, Paul Bettany? Bettany? There we go. Who voices Jarvis. And then, of course, Vision. There we go. Um, we have, and I notice this every time I watch the movie, but I guess it is a fun fact. When Spider-Man is interviewing, uh, well, quote, in quote, interrogating uh, uh-huh. Childish Gambino, Donald Glover, he mentions his nephew. He's like, I got a nephew, man. I don't want these guns on the street. Yeah. His nephew is Miles Morales, because nice. Aaron Davis is the Prowler in... Um, oh, yeah. You can watch Spider-Verse, and that's his name in that, too. Yeah. Although, I guess it'd be, his nephew would be a lot younger, you know, in this point. Well, sure, he'd have to be. 
and then he's going to grow up and Peter Parker's going to die and then Miles Morales is going to be Spider-Man. Everybody knows that. That's how it works. That's, Who's going to kill Peter that's, Parker? That's how it happens in the Ultimates. Or they just do a weird thing like Joe they did. Joe Chill. Uh, whatever that event was called where Doctor Doom remade the world and then the Ultimate World and the Marvel 616 universe collided. And some people, because they were cool and the, peop the people that remade the universe liked them, got to just go to the new universe. And that's why currently we have Peter Parker and Miles Morales in on uh, Earth 616. Is that why we have them both? Or is it that both of those comics are very profitable and successful and that's why we have them both? You know it always comes down to money. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, this is a great throwback to uh, the Spider-Man 90s cartoon. I didn't realize this in this movie. Spider-Man never punches any of the villains he fights. Huh. He uses webs, counters their punches, and causes them to punch each other and kicks them, but he never punches them. That's super interesting. It's and it goes strange. back to, I mean, the 90s comic, but then also what you were saying about Spider-Man knowing his strength and not wanting to abuse that. Yeah. In the the, huh. the Amazing Spider-Man 90s TV show, watching it as an adult, it is so bizarre because it's all like grappling, yeah, like wrestling, <laughs> and webbing. There's no, yeah. not even kicks are really thrown in it. It's like... Huh. It's grabbing someone and throwing them or wrestling them to the ground. <laughs> That's super interesting. As a kid, I never noticed. It's oh, so, sure, yeah. It's so strange. Um, <laughs> here's another good... Well, this would be the last fun fact. Uh, Spider-Man's homemade Spider-Man costume that he has at the end of the movie when his fancy man pants get taken away uh, yeah. is very reminiscent of Ben Riley's Spider-Man costume from the comics. Ben Riley is a clone of, of Peter Parker that was made by the Jackal. And then they find out that Ben, it was a big thing that Ben Riley is actually the original Peter Parker. And then they uh -huh. like retconned to that. But anyway, he has a really cool costume that's got like a hoodie that's sleeveless. And oh, I've seen that as like underneath. a comic book, as like a yeah. like a trading card before. Okay, that's yeah, that, would, that would be Ben Riley, who's a, huh. a Peter Parker. And then you have Kane, who's another Peter Parker clone. Jackal cloned a lot of Peter Parkers. As you do, he I've cloned, cloned a lot Stacey, of Peter, Peter cloned, Parkers. Pretty much everyone. I've I've cloned I cloned Gwen Stacy twice. <laughs> I cloned MJ once. I cloned Vulture like five times. You just do it sometimes, you know. One time I fell down and I just cloned somebody while I was falling. It was an accident. I didn't mean to do it, <laughs> but I did it. it. Just happens sometimes. So, anyways, <laughs> I know that we talk about, especially the last couple, we've talked about how there really isn't that much deviation from the MCU formula at this point. Mm -hmm. I feel like, and I, I only watched the first half of the next movie, but I feel like this uh, Spider-Man Homecoming and Thor Ragnarok are two of the biggest deviations from the MCU formula, in, at least for our viewing, in recent memory. Like, yeah. we've had a couple pretty much in a row that are that, are that, that exact same formula. Mm-hmm. Or that same stylistic language, not a lot of change from that. And Spider-Man: Homecoming, I, I'm sure that it had a lot to do with the fact that it wasn't necessarily a, a Disney Marvel outfit; it was a Sony Marvel outfit, yep. even though it's part of the MCU. That helped them have a little bit more of the freedom. But even the humor doesn't—it's not MCU humor. And part of that has to do mm -hmm. with, I'm sure, the fact that you get Hannibal Burris and Martin Starr, who are not the same kind of comedian. I mean, <laughs> I guess uh, uh, Paul Rudd is a similar kind of comedian, but. Even still, like that is that's a different type Tone of almost, humor yeah. than we've had. Tone of humor, and the whole—I mean, they've got a very obvious Ferris Bueller gag in it, but it just—it feels like a John Hughes high school movie. 
you know? I think that's that's an important part of it, is that it is a high school, you know, teen movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's about teenagers and they do a good job of just not making that like Yep, it's teenagers in the MCU. It feels the academic decathlon B plot doesn't feel like a mm-hmm. distant B plot. It feels ever present. Yeah. Where would you where would you put this? Are you gonna are you gonna call this top tier, mid tier, bottom tier? I feel like you're probably gonna put this top tier. Is that yeah. true? Yeah, probably the low, uh, mid to low top tier. I remember. I don't think it's the best, but I think it's pretty dang good. I liked it more than Far From Home, from what I remember of Far mm-hmm. From Home, as evidenced by the fact that I've seen this more than once, and I've only seen Far From Home once. But yeah, I would. I think I would call it the bottom of the top mm-hmm. i like it a lot i think it's pretty good the next time we do what do you do mcu will be thor ragnarok and mm-hmm. if there is a god in uh asgard it will happen in March. <laughs> i couldn't remember the name <laughs> if there's an rcs where odin there. lives <laughs> <laughs> bless rcs <laughs> what do they they keep calling him what do they keep calling the, the gun? Yeah, and I'm like, no, that's the region. But then I realize this is a historic thing. Anyways, yeah. we're not talking about Pokemon Legends no. RCs. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a film podcast. We only talk about kinematography here. We're not talking about your lowly video games, okay? Well, we can get that right was, back to it. That felt gross to say. That felt gross to say, <laughs> and I'm sorry. Anyways, let's talk about uh, the next five movies, 10 to, 10 to 5, 10 to 4, 10 to 6. You 10 know to 6, I mean. yeah. So mine are, I have Watership Down is my number 10. Uh-huh. Then I have Treasure Planet. Okay. Then our, well, not the first musical, because Les Mis was lower than that. Prince of yeah. Egypt. Okay. Freaking love that movie. And yeah. now we come to the point that, like, the, Prince of Egypt is, to me, the line on this that, like, below that, I like it, and above uh-huh. that line, I freaking I love it. these movies. Okay. Legally Blonde is my number seven. Wow. Such a okay. good movie. I forgot how good it was till we rewatched it. Yeah. Just wonderful. Speaking of Legally Blonde and musicals, you really, when you get a chance, this is just an aside, you need to watch the Legally Blonde musical. I think it's still all on YouTube because MTV oh. actually filmed it. The argument could be made that it's that it's better. I like it more oh. than the Legally Blonde movie. I feel like they tighten it up a lot and the songs are amazing, but it's just as good. Hmm. What's your that. number six? Number six is... Silence of the Lambs. A classic. So good. Let's see. I have number 10 is Prince of Egypt. Number 9 is Midsummer. Number 8 is Legally Blonde. Number 7 is The Holiday. And number 6 is Ben-Hur. I really like Ben-Hur. It's a lot. It's a slog. (laughs) And don't agree with everything that's going on there. Least of which, of course, being Charlton Heston, founder and president of the NRA. Let's just leave that one in the back pocket for later. But... I don't know. I, I see what you're. I, I get what you're saying about that that line of delineation. I feel like there. What number there, is I that? I feel for like you? it's. I think it's. I think it's eleven and twelve. Princess Mononoke is really high up there, but White Christmas I think is the start of either nostalgia driving, a, mm. just a passionate love of these movies, or it being a, a more recent movie that I still just adore. I don't know why the holiday got so high. I think that if I had been ranking it. Like, if I had them all listed out and I had to put it somewhere, I would not have been this high. But using one of those comparison machines that you pick this or that, this or that, this or that, the holiday got pretty high. 
I really like Jack Black in it. I just, I mean, all four of those main characters I love. So. Drum roll. The top five. Number five, I have Moana. Number Did five, not I have Ladies. To like. Oh, we have both have a musical. Yeah. Did not expect to like this movie as much as I did. I'm glad you really liked it. I know that it was on your list when you, you made that list and you sent it to us about, like, these are the animated movies I feel like I need to watch. Where would you where would you put them? I really like, I mean, I picked, I picked it. <laughs> I really like Moana. I thought that it was a, a, a just an amazing, a really well done movie. And I'm glad you liked it, too. Number four, I had The Lion King. I had Strange Brew. This is this big nostalgia one for me, I think, is why it's up so high on here. I feel like there were different like schools of thought amongst people our age. I'm sure amongst other people as well. But I feel like when you were a kid, there was there was a Disney movie of that era that was like the one that you loved. And mm-hmm. depending on that one, it was indicative of either at the very least of the things that you liked from movies, but at most a, a, a comment on the kind of a person you are. People who liked Little Mermaid the best. People that liked uh, Beauty and the Beast the best. People that liked Lion mm-hmm. King the best. I don't know what my favorite was from that era, although I know I liked Pocahontas a lot as a kid, especially. Oh, yeah. I don't know that that, if that's my movie from the era. It might be my number two Yeah, from that era. I really freaking love Aladdin. Oh, yeah. I liked that a lot as a kid as well. I remember I thought it was the funniest fucking thing in the world. (laughs) I got two copies of Return of Jafar. Well, I got two copies of Return of Jafar for a birthday one year, and we had to take one back. And I thought it was the funniest <laughs> shit that I had to return, Return of Jafar. <laughs> like, that was, move over Robin Williams. This is the funniest joke in Aladdin, that I had to return, <laughs> Return of Jafar. It's the stupidest thing. But no, I really, liked the, I really liked Aladdin, too. I remember I had all three of those movies, Aladdin, Return of Jafar, and King of Thieves. I remember liking them all a lot. Yeah, me too. Is that number, that's number four, right? Yep, we're in the top three now. What's your number three? So the surprise of almost no one, the Lego movie. Not surprised. Silence of the Lambs is my number three. It's probably, of the movies on this list, the one I watch the most often. I probably watch it once every two months or so. I really like that movie a lot. I wonder what my most watched on this list would be. Silence of the Lambs is my It's Saturday and I Need to Get Some Chores Done movie, which seems like a really weird movie for that, but (laughs) it happens. I wake up, it's like 8 in the morning, I don't know why I'm awake at 8 on a Saturday, but I'm like, I'm going to do all of the dishes and clean the kitchen and make breakfast. I should put on Silence of the Lambs. It's very <laughs> weird. My movie like that is probably my next movie, my most watched. Uh, Princess Mononoke is my number two. Ultimately, the only surprise that these are number three and two is because they're not numbers one and two. Mm-hmm. That That's valid. I never would have expected my number one would be it. But what is your number two? My number two is Watership Down. Watership Down and Les Mis are both movies that if you're like, you know what I want? I want to just sob a lot today. <laughs> I put one of those two movies in and I just cry. Like, you know, there are movies that make me cry more or quicker. But fewer movies are more guaranteed a cry than mm-hmm. the end of Les Mis and the end of Watership Down. God, that just old is it fiverr she's just sitting there he's an old rabbit now and then lrr comes down and is like hey you want to come join my what do they call him the 
Owlsley. You want to come join my Owlsley? And he's like, no, i got to yeah. protect these people. And he's like, you did. you done it. you good. That'd be okay. Ah, I love that bit. I love it. What's your number one? Tell the people. Tell the people at home. My number one movie. To a to great shock while watching the movie. And then also <laughs> just that I loved it so much. I thought about it for weeks and weeks afterwards. I still think about it. Is Midsummer. I'm so glad it's your number one. After the, oh the first goal, as we all know, of this podcast was to get you to watch. Oh, what <laughs> movie was it from from year one that I, I wanted you to watch? And I knew the only way I was going to be able to do it was because of the podcast. But the second goal of the podcast is to get you to watch as many horror movies as possible. And we've done it. You Not only have you watched a horror movie, more horror movies than you would have normally, you liked one enough for it to be your top one to beat out lego movie and princess mononoke exactly i'm impressed it's just they they're every moment in that movie sticks with you even like the seemingly unimportant ones or just like background moments that aren't i mean the, everything in the movie drives the plot forward yeah. but not like a big plot point like the bear suit or yeah. you know the women all crying together yeah. Do your, but even the small moments just stand out. Your um uh your PlayStation is the is the one with disc drive, right? Your PS five has a disc drive. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you want to borrow I've got the our copy of Midsummer is the is the extended version. Oh right. So if you want to borrow that, I, we haven't watched it yet, so I don't know how much the extra stuff adds hmm. apart from time. Uh, but if that's something you're interested in, we do have it. It's it's a 4K Blu-ray. That's why I ask. It only comes with a 4K version. But oh yeah, my yeah my my PS5 would play it. And you have the fancy new TV too, so you can watch it there. And I have a 4K TV, so now it, it actually isn't just playing 4K to a 1080p TV. Yeah, <laughs> there's only so much you can uh, upconvert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My number one movie, as I said earlier, is Page Master. I loved this movie as a kid. I love as love it as an adult. I think about this movie probably at least once a month, even though apart from the podcast, the last time I had seen this movie was I was going to say decades ago, but that's not true. I think I watched it uh, at Seacrest once when we still lived there, but it heavily informed uh, a young a young Billy. Uh, I dressed well, up yeah. as Richard Tyler. When I was for Halloween one year, it was also the year that Harry Potter came out. And so everybody's like, are you Harry Potter? And I'm like, do you see these books? They had faces on them. Miss me with that shit. Miss me with that wizard shit. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't want that. <laughs> you know, we're only a couple of years from that having been a decade away. I know, that's shocking. We, when we moved in it, in 2015? 2015, yeah. yeah. It was icy when we moved in, I remember that. Yeah. Well, I remember it was February because I remember that Christmas we, oh, we balled out getting Christmas presents for people, and then two months later we moved into an apartment, and the very next Christmas was quite austere. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Which is saying something because it's not like we were living in fucking the Ritz Carlton or nothing. We were living in a. To be fair, when we moved in, that rent was pretty cheap. It that was, was like six hundred something dollars. Was not bad. It and certainly then when they up. wanted to charge a thousand, you're like. It's not worth it. Yeah, well, we were it moving out, and they're like, like, hey, your rent has come up. And we're like, yeah, we understand that. We want to move out. And they're like, 
that rent has gone places. We're going to have a gym open up. And I was like, the gym has been coming, has been about to open up. And also, I would never use it. Yeah, what about me (laughs) makes you think I'm going to use a gymnasium? I didn't even use the pool there. Did we have a pool there? I think so. I think it was like. I know we had like eight tennis courts. (laughs) Yeah, we sure did. And nobody played tennis. That was so weird. A lot of kids scootered around the tennis court. Yeah. Really, the closest, or the, the, like the best amenity I used at that apartment complex was that it was walking distance from the QT, and I still drove there every time. <laughs> I mean, the best amenity I used was probably the dumpster to throw stuff away. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> I used the blood puke more than once. Really, is a talking point, but it was important to have. Oh, it was a talking point. You know, I'm I'm lucky that on our second date, Amanda didn't just leave when she saw that. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's really it's really telling of both of our personalities that that the people in our lives are so close to us even after having walked past the blood puke on more than it, one you know occasion. it makes the relationship stronger it really does <laughs> that blood puke was the most important amenity the blood puke was the friends we met along the way anyways we're getting we're getting a little far away we're getting a little nostalgic on this our third anniversary episode but let's talk about what next year's theme is as you know we here at Two Films Too Curious use an odd calendar system. The beginning of our years is February, and the end of our years is January. And our themes follow those years. The first year was adaptation. That was kind of an accident. We stumbled into that. We talked a lot about mm-hmm. adaptations. Our second year was sequels. We did a couple of episodes mm-hmm. about sequels, including what I think is our best episode, Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, and you guys should listen to it because it's still one of our least listened to episodes. In fact, stop listening to this one now and just go listen to that one. <laughs> and as we talked about earlier in this episode, our year three uh, theme was animated in live action. In a similar vein, uh, this upcoming year, it, we're going to be looking at tropes, but not just here's the trope. Let's watch two movies about it. We're going to be specifically looking at classic examples of that trope and more modern or subverted or unique versions of that trope. Mm-hmm. Now, I I haven't run this by you yet, T-Doc, but we have talked about this pairing, and I feel like since it's the only one we've thought of so far, it's not bad to do it next month. But mm-hmm. again, as is the custom with this podcast, I really just want to force people, and specifically you, to watch a movie. <laughs> so... We're going to be watching The Dirty Dozen, a classic version of the criminals in an attempt to reduce their sentences, go and do a suicide mission, and the new James Gunn Suicide Squad. Yes. The James Gunn one? Yes. And here's why that one. I'm on board. You've watched Encanto, so you know one of the two best movies that has happened recently where a person is a friend to the rats. But now you need to see the other recent movie where a person is a friend <laughs> to the rats. Because I think you will really like Ratcatcher 2. And you will love Ratcatcher 1 who shows up in the flashbacks. I know that that is... Uh... God, what's his name? He's also Korg. in the... Yes, Taika Waititi. He's in, the... yes. He's in our, our Thor Ragnarok, what do you do MCU for March as well. Mm-hmm. But those are all be... Those are... That'll be the... Uh... The trope that we're examining is that sort of Suicide Squad trope. We're looking at a classic version because Dirty Dozen came out in the '60s, and it's based on a it's a it's a World War II story. 
Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, the James Gunn Suicide Squad came out last year. I don't want the Dirty yeah. Dust Bicycle Competition. I want the fucking movie. 67. Came out in 67. Well, you know, if we just do Encanto and Suicide Squad, we could just have the Rat Friend movies. We could do Rat Friend movies. <laughs> but no, I did. we should kick off with the theme of the year. Start with the theme of the year. We'll have, we'll have obviously, just like this year, we'll have some that aren't part of the theme. But we'll start with the theme. That'll be the one in March. Who knows when it's going to come out? My guess is March. It, even if it's in the 50s, yeah, March fifty seven. It'll be March. March fifty eighth, something <laughs> around there. Anyways, do you have anything else to say about this year, about these movies, about me? Do you have anything to say about me? <laughs> uh, you're my good? best friend. Oh, I love you. I love you. You're my best friend too. <laughs> and I think it was a good year. I think, I think it was that too. the fact that it's not twenty four movies shows that it's not. You know, maybe sometimes we got to skip a month. We got a work life balance that we're working on. We do. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's been some stuff going on in the world this year. I don't know if you've been a part of the world this year, <laughs> uh, but it's been a, it's been a bit. But I feel like I'm 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 redoubled in my efforts to continue this podcast, and I'm excited mm-hmm. to continue this fourth year with us here. And what do you do, MCU? No, two films, too curious. Also, what do you do, MCU? But it's not the fourth year of that. Anyways, See, you know what it's I'm good. We were catching up to the current releases of what do you do mcu that's why we pumped the brakes on right (laughs) we got to have a good buffer just in case (laughs) i figure once we catch up there will be a couple of instances where we'll have empty months and while yes we could decide to not do anything in those months we could also pick another series to go through and i personally have only seen a handful of the james bond movies so not so we have to do that that but that's certainly an option good one we should probably also also ask the person who's who's been funding it if they have another opinion too i guess true and then we can, of course, do MCU releases as they come out. Yeah. New ones come out. Exactly. Take a break on whatever other series we do at that time. Until then, keep watching movies. And stay curious. And uh, we love you. And we, we love you. <laughs>